everybody in the audience who knows you. I'm sure hearing your voice is fantastic for I'm Brock Bergen. I are the co-owners of College Recruiter, which is a job search site uh, for students and recent graduates um, of one-year, two-year, and four-year colleges and universities. Um, we believe that every student and recent graduate deserves a great career. Um, and I guess we've got you beat in the longevity game. Um, I founded the company way back in 91. Um, we came into or sort of added on into the employment space with magazines, employment magazines in 94. And the very first version of our website went live in, in 96. So there, I just drew a line in the sand for you. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I am excited to have you today and talk about what's a very interesting and I think burgeoning topic in employer branding and recruitment marketing, which is programmatic advertising. And since you threw this topic out to me, I'd like to kind of get your spin on why this is so important for you um, and why you want to spend time about it on drive through HR. Um, programmatic is, uh, I think, a fairly hot topic right now um, amongst employment advertising agencies, talent acquisition leaders, other people who are um, in HR um, but I think that the twist that we're going to talk about is how does it impact positively, negatively, not at all, um, the diversity hiring efforts. Um, so, it, you know, if you want, maybe we should start with just sort of defining what we mean by programmatic, um, because I, I, I suspect that uh, every single person who's listening to this knows exactly what diversity is. <laughs> I would hope so. So I think... <laughs> I think that's a great idea, though. So as we're talking about programmatic to level set between us, I mean, we're talking about programmatic advertising, which is really a form of display advertising. And it's the process of buying and selling ad inventory, but in an automatic way, as opposed to putting in manual orders. So for anyone who hasn't dipped their toes into the advertising world yet, ad inventory is considered the space available for advertisements on different forms of media. And that could be online or offline. But when we're talking about programmatic, we're talking about strictly online digital media. So is that your understanding of programmatic as well, Stephen? Yeah, um, pretty much. The, the only um, um, addition or change that I would say there is that you, you, you use the, the phrase display advertising, which a lot of people um, um, just would, would talk about in terms of banner advertising. And certainly that's where the bulk of programmatic advertising is, is now. If you go to um, just about any commercial website that displays banner ads, whether they're, they're mobile that show up on your phone or tablet, whether they're display, they show up on your desktop or laptop, almost all of that, about 90% of that inventory um, in the U.S. is purchased on, as you said, an, an automated basis. It, it's rule-based. The, the advertiser, the one that is trying to attract um, buyers, um, typically it could be job seekers. It, it could be, you know, anybody who wants to buy your product service, um, maybe even go to your school for an educational opportunity. Um, they'll buy advertising and set up rules or the media, Google, Bing, whatever the website is that's serving the ad will, will set up rules. And those might just be, um, if a female between the ages of 30 and 50 who owns cats and lives in uh, San Jose comes to this webpage, 
then display this ad from PetSmart where there's a $2 off cat food coupon, right? That, that would be a very normal, benign example of, of programmatic advertising. Um, in the last few years, it's been growing rapidly um, in uh, prominence, in importance, in impact, in the employment world. Um, more and more employers are now buying job postings on a programmatic basis. And I suspect that most of those on the employer side who are involved in those transactions, they don't even realize that they're actually engaging in, in the in programmatic ad buying right. because they're buying postings from ZipRecruiter or LinkedIn or Indeed or our company, College Recruiter. And one of the ways that, that job search sites like those I mentioned and, and others drive more traffic, more candidates to those postings, to the employer ATS to apply is by is through programmatic advertising. So if you post a job to ZipRecruiter, they tell you very explicitly as part of their uh, um, sales proposition that you post it with them and they're going to post that job at 100 of the leading uh, job boards, one of which is College Recruiter. And I suspect that you know, there's, a, there's a who's who list that, that would probably be pretty easily accessible. Well, that's programmatic because if ZipRecruiter, if, if, if if like an employer that you're working with, Crystal, if they're looking for a chief financial officer and they post that job to ZipRecruiter, ZipRecruiter is going to be smart enough to know not to post a CFO job to college recruiter because there aren't going to be any good students or recent graduates for that kind of a role. On the other hand, if that same employer posted an internship or a sales position for somebody with one to three years of experience, then you can bet that ZipRecruiter is going to post that job to college recruiter. Um, and the employer might pay a couple hundred dollars for the posting, and ZipRecruiter will pay us on a per-click basis. That's programmatic. It's not, it's not so much the, that we're getting paid per click, but that there's essentially a computer looking at that posting and deciding instantaneously where to post that job, and just as importantly, when to stop running that job. If that employer has already received enough candidates that they should be able to hire someone, then that job will come down. So job postings might only be up for a few hours, or they might be up for 90 days. Um, the, the days of the 30-day job posting, um, thankfully, are, are fading from memory. <laughs> yes, not fast enough for, for me, but, but I want to <laughs> pause here for just a second, because I think there's a, another really important distinction when we're looking at understanding programmatic advertising, it, you're right. It's 100% about the automation process and being done via computer chips as opposed to the way it used to be done, which is through people. And so when we were um, back in, I'm going to say back in the dinosaur days, but, you know, um, truthfully- <laughs> you, mean two, you mean 2017. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're looking at programmatic. I mean, we're looking at something that's, you know, more or less a decade old. It's It's- new-ish yeah. recruitment because we're always a few years behind our marketing counterparts. But but that being said, I mean, this used to be done manually. So prior to this being done through a computer, you would contact your rep and say, I want to post an ad. And um, whether that's a job ad or a display ad, it doesn't really matter that the process is, is more or less the same. 
you know, you would um, say, this is how much I'm willing to pay for this ad to be seen. And, you know, here's, uh, you'd get a quote and there might be some negotiation in there to try to get the best deal for yourself or your clients, depending on, you know, where you worked. But, um, but that was it, right? And so you'd have the information regarding the job, the number of insertions you wanted within a specific period, what did it look like, what size, you know, if you were looking at display ads or what was the content if you're looking at a job description. And, you know, that, that was more or less the way it was done. And it was done through ad agencies and media representatives. So you were either buying through an ad agency who then went out and, and negotiated on your behalf or you were dealing directly with media representatives. So when we look at programmatic now, there's two different types of programmatic. So you've got, it's same, same basic concept, right? You're looking at um, DSPs and SSPs. So demand side platforms that allows advertisers to access ad inventories across environments and say, I want to be here. And so when you're working with like a ClipCast or um, just to a lesser degree, an AppCast or something like that, that's more or less what you're working with, right? Because they don't own the inventory. They're going out to all of these different job boards like you talked about earlier. And they're, they're basically saying, we're going to pay you whatever it is to be able to place this job on your site. And then as people apply, you're going to get money for it, right? So, so they'll negotiate that with the boards. Um, right. They're, they're, a, they're a wholesaler. Right. Uh, absolutely. Now, the other way is, is like working with like a zip recruiter directly where they have their own inventory that they're selling plus inventory on other sites. So Correct. a little bit of a hybrid, it's not quite an SSP, which is a supply side platform because they don't own all of their own inventory. Now, if they were to come to college recruiter and say, hey, I want to buy directly with you, that would be a true SSP. But what we're really... Actually... Actually, um, just to clarify, um, no, because we're we're actually set up somewhat like ZipRecruiter. Okay, so, so we when it, when it, yeah, but 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 uh, but I take your point. There definitely would be some, um, not many, there would be some um, job boards or job search sites where one hundred percent of the traffic that you as an employer will receive will come from candidates who found that job on that job board. Um, quite frankly, of the hundreds of job boards that I'm pretty familiar with, I don't know a single one that's like that. Um, but I, I, I bet there are some, uh, I just don't know of any because virtually every job board out there behind the scenes, um, buys and, and or sells candidate traffic. If they're right. really strong in New Hampshire, but they're really weak in Nevada, they might, you know, buy more traffic in Nevada and sell more to another buyer from New Hampshire. It all happens in real time. It's automated and it's largely pay-per-click. Yeah. So I think where, where we really run into SSPs and recruitment um, is more with the direct publications. So, for example, we worked with a, a pharmaceutical company that needed to be able to hire scientists. And so part of the strategy that we had for that campaign was to buy publication space in medical journals that were being read by these scientists. And so yeah. that's that's true supply, um, or SSP, sorry, supply side platform purchasing because we're negotiating directly with the publication, the media publication that would be putting out the ad. The reason that I think it's worth getting into this is because I think there's a misconception, um, and, and Glassdoor I think is probably the biggest conversation around this right now, um, where you think, okay, I'm gonna go out and buy um, 
advertising space or part, as part of my package, I get so many different ads and banners and things um, with a specific site. And you expect the traffic to be driven from that site. And as it turns out, they're also running ads on Indeed and, and other places. And, and that can be, I think, when you look at it from a terms of diversity and your diversity initiatives and, and um, strategy, that can be uh, a little disconcerting, don't you think? Yeah, you know, some of some of that is, uh, you know, if we can pin the blame on the on the miscommunication, um, and I I use that word liberally, not not in a political context, but um, miscommunication can include just very accidental, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't make myself more clear, and and really, truly, there was every intention of being very clear about the seller telling the buyer what it is that they're buying. Um, it can also just be out and out lying. Um, and, um, you know, depending upon which rep you're talking to, depending upon which media company you're talking to, it's going to fall somewhere in that spectrum. Um, I can tell you as the owner of a, um, a part owner of a media company of, of College Recruiter that um, I would say that the vast majority of our buyers don't want to know the details. That when they're looking at all of the different responsibilities that they have in a given week, um, deciding what media to buy falls way down their list in terms of importance and in terms of time. And if they need to decide, if they need to take half an hour out to really understand what they're buying, then that's about 29 minutes more than they're usually prepared to take. Because it also means that they're going to spend 29 less minutes breaking up a fight in the lunchroom or submitting reports to the CFO about like some arcane number that they think is super important, like time to hire. Um, and so I, I get that they don't have the time. You know, what I'm trying to say is um, I don't think it's. Um, with most of our customers or prospective customers, I don't think it's a lack of interest. I don't think it's a lack of capability in terms of them being smart enough to know yeah. where their ads are actually running. I think that, that they just simply want to go home, um, you know, before it's time to come back to work the next day. <laughs> You know, they, they, you know, they, they, we all have a limited amount of time um, in our workday, in our personal life on this planet. And I don't begrudge a VP of talent acquisition who's looking at her watch at 8 p.m. at night on a Friday and saying, you know what, the hell with this. I got to go home and see my husband. I got to go home and see my kids. I got to go do laundry this weekend. You know, whatever it is that she might want to do, like eat a meal at a table. Um, you, you know, there's just a limited amount of time. And I think if, if the vendors, including media, are doing their job, I don't think that there's a need for that talent acquisition person to understand how the sausage is made. I think they need to know that they want to buy the sausage and what it's going to taste like and at a high level, you know, the ingredients that are in there. So when ZipRecruiter says to its customers, you know, your ad's going to go onto 100 job boards. When College Recruiter says to its customers, your ad's going to go on College Recruiter, as well as hundreds of College Career Service offices and hundreds of college newspapers and, and other career sites, that's as much um, detail as I think a talent acquisition person should need to know. 
Now, if they want to dig in more, God bless them. But uh, I, I hardly know any of them that have the time to do that. Well, and I, I agree with that, right? So, so some of it might be the level, right? So maybe the VP of talent acquisition doesn't have time for that. Maybe they do. And, and I'm not going to make judgments on that one way or the other because it's so organization specific. But because, because you want to continue to send out invoices and get paid. That's apparently that's a good thing. Actually, real clear, a minority of my business is advertising. That's not, that's not really what I feel. Yeah, yeah. No, but, no, but those, but, but, but you, but you work with those people all the time. Oh, and, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. yeah. But I want to stay on track here because here's where I'm going with this. So, so I think there's a, when you are utilizing budget, which all of these people are, right? It doesn't matter what company you're coming from. You're not using your own dollars to advertise. You're using your organizations. So when you're utilizing budget, I think to some degree, you need to understand what the potential is. You may not need to know exactly how the bidding system works. That doesn't really matter. You're right. Um, what matters is that you stay within your budget and then you are able to achieve your objectives in a way that's congruent with your strategy. But you do need to understand the implications of where your job might end up. And so I think some of this, and it's funny because we came on here to talk about diversity and programmatic, but I think some of this gets into a conversation of transparency with the um the organizations that you're buying media from and whether that's through an agency or if that's direct i don't know that it matters so much but you know i, I know there has been some issues with um, some of the larger job board sites as they're increasing their programmatic capabilities and god bless them for it like i don't i don't fault anyone for that everybody's got to make a living but there's been a lack of transparency in that communication with existing customers of like, hey, this is what we're now doing with your job ads. This is what we're now yeah. doing with the display, display space that you have bought. It's not just going to be on our site. It's going to be on all of these other sites. And I think it really messes with the ability to, um, to one, track source of hire appropriately, because if Glassdoor is buying ad space on Indeed, and they are because they're owned by the same overall conglomerate right so you yeah. know or you know any other side it doesn't really matter but they don't disclose that then it, it makes the numbers wonky but Glassdoor will come back at the QBR then and I'm not trying to pick on Glassdoor it's just an easy example come back at a, a quarterly business review and say hey we're responsible for driving this traffic when the ATS says no no you're not that was indeed so it, it sets up it sets up some really funky metrics and it makes it hard yeah. to be able to be truly responsible with the budget that you're using for ad space. So I think there's, there's some kinks that we still need to work out as programmatic expands um, with all of these different job sites. And, and that's one thing. But I think the other piece of it is we have to start looking at, do we want our ads displayed in all of these different possible sites that you know, these companies are now moving into? And I think that's really where the diversity conversation starts to pick up some steam, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You make you make several really great um, points, and, and so hopefully I can address uh, at least a couple of them. So, um, you know, you quote unquote picking on Glassdoor. I certainly understand you're just using them as a very well known, well respected site that, that's yeah. been controversial since day one. Right? There are people out there who absolutely adore them. There are people out there who despise them. And I think most of the people are sort of somewhere in the middle. Um, they recognize the good parts. They recognize the bad parts. And, you know, like the fact that Glassdoor has, has largely been the, 
the, the cause of transparency in terms of corporate culture and compensation is a fantastic thing. And we can definitely agree that there are a whole lot of misleading, there's a whole lot of misleading information there. We could go through pretty quickly and find a whole bunch of job ads where that salary, there is no way that that is correct, right? But it's a lot better overall in the aggregate than nothing, which is the case in, in with, with, with most corporate career sites, with most job boards. But that aside, let me use a different example. And that is the sort of how does programmatic impact diversity? So let's use a, a, a really great example, um, a really a really great site as an example, Fairy God Boss. Anybody who doesn't know it needs to look at it. Um, it is, as far as I'm concerned, um, head and shoulders above every other job search site if you are trying to be more um, inclusive of women in your hiring process. You know, you're a STEM heavy company. And so as a result, you've got 78% of your seats are filled by dudes. Um, shame on you. You know, go out and diversify. You're going to have tap into better talent. You're going to get better productivity. The data is all there. Anybody who disputes it can go jump off a cliff. Um, but fairy God boss, um, I would think knowing their leadership, that they have been very, very careful not to take jobs that are posted to Fairy God Boss and then post them to Glassdoor or to Indeed or to College Recruiter. I know they're not posting to College Recruiter. They're not one of our customers. That they're not just like sharing their ads willy-nilly with any site out there that's willing to run them. That's unusual. I, I suspect that Fairy God Boss, most of their traffic, perhaps all of their traffic, comes from women who actually are on Fairy God Boss and who have registered. So that might actually be another example of, you know, when we were talking earlier, I think you used an example of like medical journals, you know, where it's, it's really their audience. But I wouldn't be at all surprised if they have found a way of partnering with um, associations that um, are exclusively or primarily female, you know, female engineers you know, something along those lines, and then they'll share their postings with those sites. Oh, um, it wouldn't that I, no. Yeah, that I think is really great. That's a great example of where you could post to a job board, to a fairy god boss, where the, the, the leadership um, in, in that organization, probably from top to bottom, they care incredibly about quality, which means female for them. And uh, largely female, not just female, but largely female, and that they're probably going to be super careful to deliver that audience to their employer customers. College recruiters like that too. We are we try really, really hard to just deliver students and recent graduates, zero to three years of experience. But we go where the candidate is. So if the candidate's on college recruiter and sees your posting, fantastic. If they're on their career service office, website and see your posting, fantastic. If they're on a college newspaper, they see your posting, fantastic. What we don't want is we don't want to send that job posting to Glassdoor and have somebody who graduated 30 years ago apply to it. That's a struggle for us. And we care about it. I've got to tell you, most job boards don't care. Right. So they'll take your posting in, even if they're a website that supposedly targets, you know, African-American engineers. And they're going to post it anywhere they can, 
and they're going to buy that click as cheap as they can. So you might be paying them a dollar, a premium, thinking you're going to help to diversify and make your workplace more inclusive by getting more black engineers into the process, hopefully hiring more, hopefully retaining them, all those wonderful things. But all you're doing is essentially you're paying that job board like a wholesaler, and then they're just going out and sending it to, you know, Glassdoor or, you know, Top USA Jobs or some other general site that does not target those black engineers. That's my concern and I, I, that, that I would sort of bring to, bring to your attention. There's a way around that. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the things that a lot of employers do when it comes to programmatic is they try to get, quote unquote, the best deal. I think you, you used that phrase a little bit earlier. When you're buying on an impression basis, you know, banner ads, you know, 300,000 banner ads to run over the next 30 days or 50 job slots to run for the next six months. You know, when you're buying like that, paying the least you can is a good thing. But when you're buying on a pay-per-click basis, the less you pay per click, the less traffic you get, and, and very often the quality suffers because the cheapest candidates are the, are the candidates that are the most prevalent. By definition, they're the least diverse of all the candidates. It's going to be largely Caucasians. And in certain occupational fields, men. In fewer, but still many occupational fields, women. I mean, if you think teachers, nurses, right? Way more women than men. If you're a hospital and you want to diversify your nursing staff, you're going to want to bring in more men. Um, if you're a tech company, you want to diversify your engineering staff, you're going to want to bring in more women. Um, and probably in both, you're going to want to bring, bring in more people of color, military veterans, people with disabilities, et cetera. Um, so what we advocate um, and I've just kind of, I came to this epiphany only months ago, is that just like back, you know, in the old days, the dinosaur era, two years ago, where a talent acquisition person, perhaps with assistance from their um, marketing company, their advertising agency, just like they used to do use a beauty contest method of picking, oh, I know of this brand, and so therefore I'm going to post my ads there. They should use a process that's somewhat similar to that, but with channels. So look for sites. If you need more women, look for sites that target women and then programmatically buy within that channel. There might be 12 job search sites that target women, your marketing team, your programmatic ad buyer, your ad agency should be able to tell you of those 12 these are the three that actually target women and are going to largely deliver women and then programmatically add by with those three, whichever ones can deliver you the candidates at the best price, the fastest, those are the ones you spend your money with. If you're looking for students for internships, don't go and post your job just at the five schools that you've always been advertising at. Post it to the 7,400 post-secondary schools, you know, if you're looking for a marketing intern or something like that, and do that programmatically. Um, If you're looking for engineers, programmatically buy within the engineering channel, uh, sorry, African-American engineers, programmatically add buy within sites that target 
African-American engineers. Okay, so we're coming up towards the end of the end episode, and we still have quite a bit to talk about. So I think we're going to stretch this into next week. But for now, Stephen, what do you want to make sure that people think about between now and then? And why should they tune back in next week to hear the rest of our conversation on programmatic? Well, they should come back next week to hear the rest of the conversation because we are just two of the greatest people ever. No, I'm just kidding. So in all seriousness, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation both, uh, both with you um, and also if, if uh, folks that are listening in um, think it's, you know, you know, good, bad or ugly, feel free to hit me up directly on, on Twitter at Stephen Rothberg, um, LinkedIn. Uh, you can email me directly, Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, at collegerecruiter.com. And we're also, in a couple of months, we're going to be hosting um, a diversity and inclusion event, our 17th Employer User Conference, um, at the Ernst & Young World Headquarters in New York City. Um, for information on that, we'll be definitely talking about this topic there along with others. Um, go to www.com collegerecruiter.com slash bootcamp on D-I at A-T-E-Y. Thanks, Crystal. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll pick this back up again next week.